What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 255th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ. And with me today, I have Will. Yeah, and I had like a thousand goofs all prepared, and it just took us so long to get ready to set up. I forgot all of them. Took us so That's what happens when you're old. Long. Yeah, we have, uh, we don't have Travis here to, today. They are working. They, ha- they are at their day job. Wink, wink. But we have, uh, <laughs> we have Micah with why us is, today. Why does that warrant winks? I don't, why, why, why does it not warrant winks? And I mean, anytime winking is involved, I'm fine with it. Well, actually, the, <laughs> what's the up, thing guys? Is when it's you make Micah. A, wink. <laughs> when <laughs> you make a joke about a vampire having a day job, you go wink, wink. Oh, oh, I see. I, I understand. See. Yes, words. <laughs> we are here today to bring you an episode of sort. Uh, so <laughs> before we get off topic, which we normally do, which actually we might not be off topic because I I want to talk about Pokemon Snap. The episode is going to be. We got a little bit of Pokemon news, and then we're going to take a break, and we have an interview with uh, Brennan, who is an NXT superstar. Uh, if, you, if you're if you unfamiliar, NXT is wrestling. It is a division that is part of WWE. It's mostly for development purposes uh, before those superstars move to the WWE roster. Uh, we we rarely talk about wrestling. I think out of the, the out of the thirty forty minute interview, there's one or two wrestling related questions. But he is a huge Pokemon fan, so we talk about that. Yeah, and then after that interview, we have listener emails. And since Travis isn't here, our Slack community has provided us a move set for our Pokemon of the week, and I will uh, attempt to tackle that. Uh, or maybe I'll maybe I'll make Will tackle it. Hey, I never played football. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that is our show for you guys today. With that being said, is anything new or relevant in your guys' life? Oh, no, nothing new or relevant for me. Mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. Nothing? Nintendo Switch. Are you serious? <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Not even. I hate both of you right now. I just had my birthday like three days ago. You're oh. like you're like fifty four <laughs> now, right? Yes, yes, I'm like fifty four like in 54. some weird metric time system. I'm pretty sure you're forty two now. Can we can well, we sing? Happy is that right? Birthday to Will. No, 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 no. Why not? That has that's because that's a trademark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to oh, get. Oh, that's right. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> Co- copyrighted. What, what a world tune. we live in. You Let's could just sing play the uh, an alternate the... version of it. It's Didn't your just... birthday. It's and a I'm whole happy to new say world we birthday. live in. It's a whole. This is what happens when listeners demand music in every episode. This is what it comes to. Let me let me tell you what Mike and I did last night. Oh boy, we we played some. We watched an episode of Seinfeld. As well as we do when we're always together. Correct. Uh, Wait, whose house were you at? Were you at your house or your house? Your, your house. Your house. No, you we were weren't at, at my we house. We were at Steve's house. <laughs> we're at, we were at my house. With the goal of the night was to get together and play some Switch games. For uh, all the birthday. Switch, all the Switch havers were going to get together in their Super Switch Club and play Switch together and be like, "Look, I can take my Switch from my house to your house and play Switch at your house." Look, I I'm can so special. Joy-Con your Joy Cons with my Joy Cons. The best part of last night is we watched the Seinfeld episode called "The Switch." 
That's true. We did. Uh, okay. You, so you people are the worst. So yeah, the Seinfeld is is for the worst type of people. So we played snipper clips, snipper clippers, snapper Which is incredible snapper claps. Uh, I came to the conclusion because I also streamed that earlier in the day that Irene hates that game. She definitely said more than once when we were playing it, I hate this game. <laughs> Which she didn't say at all during the stream. She blamed a lot of it on the controller, but I feel That's like her casting, character was though. just touching the wall, which makes the controller inputs not work. Which That's can't good be- casting. You don't want to say while you're playing the game that you hate the game. That's true. Otherwise, what is the incentive for people to watch? I know? mean, if you go back and watch that stream, and I'll put it on YouTube, there's moments of frustration with both of us, <laughs> which I think that... The game, like, it's obviously, a very obviously that game, is, game that's, to... that's what it's supposed to do, right? Communication and stuff. Oh, yeah. I popped into a friend's stream who was, it, it was a couple, and they were streaming it, too, separate from you guys, and they were struggling through many of the puzzles, and it was very infuriating to were watch. Were they just screaming at each other? Did they get to that point? No, there were definitely points where, the, like... I could tell that if they weren't on camera in front of people, they probably would have been fighting. <laughs> but but I feel they, like, didn't, they didn't let fly on air. I feel like that would have been my stream, too. I was just like, uh. There's a point where I'm trying to tell Irene to do something, and she's she's not listening. And then I'm trying to explain it, and she's like, will you just explain it? And I was like, I'm trying to, but you keep interrupting me. <laughs> All right, let me translate that for the listeners as I've played video games with Steve before. The thing is, if you're playing a game not in the way that Steve wants you to play the game, then he thinks you're playing the game wrong. That is so untrue. Will always that paints- is 100% correct. <laughs> Will always paints this bad picture of me. Because you're horrible. I'm extremely helpful in video games, and Micah can vouch for that as I spent countless nights in a single week staying up till 4 a.m. helping him get his year two destiny garbage that isn't even worth anything anymore right it was (laughs) he was a trooper and i appreciated it until they announced destiny 2 and now i don't care anymore (laughs) guess who's the happy one here he didn't waste his time on all that destiny stuff all right (laughs) the time isn't even really what i care about it's It's the the money that i waste Okay, so so many conversations happening. So we we did snipper clips again. Uh, then we moved on to one two switch. I posted a pretty long thing in in Slack of my feelings of one two switch. Pretty much, I just don't think it's worth the fifty dollars. And this is coming from somebody who bought Wii Play, Wii Sports Resort, Nintendo Land. I all I I even though those games were kind of shallow, like I felt like I didn't waste my fifty dollars. Like I felt like I got fifty dollars worth of fun out of those games. But those games weren't $50, were they? Nintendo like, Land Wii Sports was... came with it. Wii Sports Resort came with a Wiimote Plus or whatever, and that was like 50 bucks. That's true. But you got the Wiimote with it. Like, they were all fairly discounted from full Nintendo price Land games. was 50 unless you got it with the Deluxe Edition. Right, and it came with which it. I which did. is how I feel. I would feel less scornful, I guess, about my purchase of 1-2-Switch. If it had come with the system and had been like part of like bundled into it, it should have been introductory software. It shouldn't have been a $50 game, a full price $50 game. So after Steve explains why he doesn't think 1-2-Switch is worth $50, I'm going to posit a question, but but complete your thoughts, sir. No, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to explain it. I explained it in Slack. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, I don't have time to read that. Come on, give me the high level. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on the one two switch. Okay, so right. the one well, two okay, switch. All right, hold on. So after one two switch, we're getting back to the initial point of the conversation of what Micah and I ended up doing, which is first we ended up looking at terrible PS4 themes that cost money, dynamic themes that cost money that were clearly made by who who knows, uh, but they were awful, and then that somehow went down a rabbit hole of oh I, okay i remember what started it so when micah and i and irene originally watched the two first two episodes of the sun and moon anime see it all comes back to pokemon we watched them on youtube some pirated version which which had no english theme song so i was no, very we definitely watched them legit it was legit we watched legit versions of them nope nope <laughs> <laughs> Since Disney XD has shown those and my PlayStation View records those episodes, I was like, oh, Micah, I listened to the Sun and Moon theme song. Here it is. And so I pulled that up. We watched it because we were already on my PlayStation. And I still think the Sun and Moon theme song, not catchy, not good. I, on the other hand, felt that it was amazing. I really liked it. And I, I said, I like this better than I feel like I've liked any of the previous ones. Aside from like the 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 couple early ones, and so then then we watched a fifteen minute YouTube video of all the Pokemon songs back to back theme songs. Johto has some really good songs; they're all good. And then it, it's like this journey of there's one like kind of Nickelbacky kind of vocals, and they like kind of let that guy go, and then they brought in this female artist and she's got a really amazing voice and she's like powerful and whatever and then they brought the, the other guy back but they're like you gotta match with her so then they were a duet it was like the history of pokemon theme song singers the first seven seasons which i think are no i think it's the first six that are kanto and johto and then you get to hoenn which is, is it's very apparent that one all the hoenn music is terrible except maybe the last season of hoenn and the animation quality is really terrible compared to the animation quality before and after. Diamond and Pearl wasn't much better, but then you go into Diamond and Pearl music and you're like, ah, this still isn't good. But by the end of Diamond and Pearl, it was like, all right, we're getting back to like Christian rock bands. I was going to say, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to offend anybody's faith. Although I don't know that that necessarily offends anybody's faith. No, the like Christian rock music of the is like a theme thing. Songs sound to oh, me yeah like new age christian rock yeah i mean you can you can honestly say that that within the genre of christian rock that there is a particular sound that is more prevalent than than other variations i mean you don't hear a lot of christian rock that you would compare to like lcd sound system that there, <laughs> there's a wide divergence <laughs> fair enough i guess what i'm saying is i don't like it you don't like Christian rock? I'm not a fan of Christian rock. Look, I'm not. However, I'm not I'm a religious big fan at all. And there, there's sun been a couple moon theme. like Christian quote unquote rock bands that I have enjoyed throughout the years. Well, okay, I there. I guess I could say that there are some, but it it's not like man, we're getting into some conversations <laughs> here. It's not like in your face. I guess. I think the thing about like Christian rock music is it's it. It doesn't sound like that. The Christian rock that I have liked does not sound like the Pokemon themes. 
the po- the Christian rock music that sounds like the Pokemon themes is Christian mo- Christian rock music that I don't like. So ultimately, what you all agree on is it's a whole new world we live in is possibly the best Pokemon theme song of all time. Dude, that song's Just really good. Give me that sun and moon theme on loop. Also, I a, a lot of people keep asking me this on Twitter. Um, until sun and moon officially becomes available on Disney XD, I will not see it. It is so the first two episodes the are there. I when did they air? I they aired February eighth and tenth. I think they've only have the two first episodes because my view recorded it off Disney XD. I keep doing a search on the like intelligent search by title on my DVR so I can add it to my recording, and it comes. The only Pokemon that's available is replays of Pokemon XY. Yeah, I have a lot oh, of this is very XY. Upsetting. Is I don't know enough about this. Is Disney XD named Disney XD to like mimic the emoticon face <laughs> of like lol XD? Potentially, potentially so, yes. Okay. Cuz that's all I hear anytime anybody says it. No, that's what I thought too. So Black and White also I feel has good music. Will, what are your opinions about this? Uh yeah, no, I agree 100%. I I very thematically enjoyed black the black and white theme song and maybe the youtube video didn't have everything but x and y was just a remix of the original theme song Uh, i was getting into that yeah that was good also i think there is a season in diamond and pearl that also remixes the original theme song like they do it a couple times throughout the 20 plus seasons of pokemon but yeah we should we should have we should do one of those like long episodes where we where we listen to all the theme songs and then rank them. And analyze oh, them. And analyze them. We will them. have to have a four-hour episode for special guests only, where we have a deep <laughs> discussion of every Pokemon theme song ever. I will bring examples of Christian rock, new age Christian rock music. From my understanding, you are allowed to play copyrighted audio legally as long as you're doing it to critique and or evaluate it fair use i think it's like no i don't think it's, i don't think it's a fair use i think it's be, i don't think it's the fair use clause thing or whatever i think it's something to do with review purposes oh isn't it like there only are, a certain uh, amount of it at a there, time there's or there's a like lot that? of vagaries in this law but i have access to resources that can give us very good guidance on what is and is not possible they're like there that's why because there was there's a big this is off topic not that we have been on topic there but there was a big thread of like hey can i play songs in my podcast and people were like no those are copyrighted unless you have unless you have permission or whatever you can't do that and they're like well what if i just do 15 seconds like that's fair use right and they're like no that doesn't apply like that's still somebody's song and they're like well how does this movie podcast do it and it's like they're not playing it for people's enjoyment they're playing it to then talk about and evaluate the thing at hand and that's why it's okay here okay yeah as all right it's whatever okay so Pokemon music. Can we get back to my question? Yes. I mean, we're, we're digging deep back into the conversation again. Okay. But Friday night, I was at a bar with, and it wasn't like a crowded bar. It was a not crowded bar with four of my friends. I think four. Jim from the previous episode was there. Uh, so he'll probably remember for me. But anyways, my friend John showed up and he brought his Switch with the two Joy-Cons connected to it. To the it. bar? To the bar. This it wasn't a, a crowded bar. Idea. It was not a crowded bar, and it's actually a bar where they have a Wii U hooked up for that people can rent to play games and stuff. Oh, okay. But like the four of us were 
or five of us, when John showed up, were at a table. You know, not a lot of people around or anything like that. And it was getting kind of dull just sitting there drinking beer and talking about how nerdy we all are. Would that have been a decent opportunity to play one two switch? I think that they're uh, I yeah, I think I would so. say no. I think that they're a good like it, as long as you're in a group that's willing to play some games, I feel like it's pretty accessible to anybody. I would say no only because if you're in a restaurant, like if I'm in a restaurant or a bar, I guess, well bar serves drinks and food, that could be classified as a public setting of of food drink taking place. Anytime somebody's like watching a YouTube video or something with audio on their phone at the table across from me, I'm instantly annoyed. I feel like that's different in a bar setting, though. Is yeah, it? let me make this clear. Yeah. Number one, all all DC bars are required to serve food, so we can't really hold that to any criteria. There's like literally only one bar in DC that's allowed to not serve food. But our table where we were sitting was like right behind the pool tables. So it was pretty much just like us sitting in a corner and like three pool tables around us. With Separating you pool. from. It's, it's, I get what you're saying, Steve. If we were at Denny's and somebody broke out a switch and started playing <laughs> one, two switch, I probably would be pretty upset. But if I'd be it were interested happening at a first, bar, then upset. I, in my head, I would say, are you kidding me right now? And then I would, and then I would probably just eat my food and that would be the end of it. But in a bar setting, I could definitely see that. As long as you and your friends are okay with embarrassing yourself in public. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were like each three beers in at that point in time. So that's like prime. You're like, you're ready at that point for some one, two switch. All right. All right. I'll keep that. You do a lot of waving your arms around. And I mean, it may be dangerous for the for the bar, but. No, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't crowded and we were sitting in the section where if somebody had rented the Wii U, um that's where they would have been. I see. Well, I had a Pokemon Snap story, but I'll save it for for later. Yeah, as we should get to Pokemon news here. Just a little bit of Pokemon news. First bit of news is the Kanto X Alola Regional Rumble. Wi-Fi tournament has been announced. I don't know why I paused so much for that. The Kanto Times, <laughs> Kanto vs. Alola. I don't know what the X is. Kanto X? Kanto X? Alola? Yeah, that's kind of a cross. weird... Is it cross? It's like yeah. crossover. Yeah. yeah. They use that for cro- like crossover stuff a lot. Participants will receive a Pidgeite and a Steelixite. Uh, Kanto Cross Alola Regional Rumble, Royal Rumble Wi-Fi tournament has been announced. Players may register between midnight, uh, March 9th through March 16th. Competition will run between March 17th through 19th. There will be 50,000 spots available on a first-come, first-served basis. Players born after 2000, you all know how the age stuff works. Players may only use Pokemon in the Kanto Pokedex and the Alola Pokedex. Participants will battle using Pokemon Sun and Moon games. Participants who win or lose three battles will receive a Pidgeite and Steelixite. This competition will be single battles. Pokemon cannot hold Megastones. Mewtwo, Mew, Zygarde, Cosmog, Cosmom. What? Cosmom? What is Cosmo-em. that? Cosmom. What is? What? It's the, it's the second evolution of Cosmog. Oh, the, the middle the evolution. Evolution. I forgot about that. It's the space egg. Yeah. Uh, Solgaleo, Lunala. Necrozama and Magirna cannot be used in this competition. Three Pokemon of the six will battle. Three Pokemon of the six in a battle team will be used in each battle. All players will 
automatically be synced to level 50. Each battle will last a minimum of 10 minutes. Players, maximum of 10 minutes. Boy, I can't speak today. Players will have 90 seconds to choose their teams. They will have 45 seconds to use an attack or switch Pokemon. Switch? Uh, <laughs> participants may battle 15 times a day. A total of 45 battles altogether. Is, my, my only question uh, regarding this news article is Pidgeot and Steelixite available in Sun and Moon, or are they hiding Megastones behind these competitions? They are hiding Megastones behind these competitions. This yeah. is the worst. This is... I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. I hope that at some point in the future, it gives you the ability to... to to ha- access them without having to do that, but I... Oh, yeah, I think they've said that. Oh, They, they okay. will be distributed differently in the future, but if people want to get them in advance, that they have to do these competitions. It's still... I'm not a fan. But. Yeah. For for a game about collecting everything, don't make me... Who's to say I like battling? Who's to say I have internet? <laughs> who's to say... Who's to say this is the weekend that I have free to do the event? All I want is a Mega Pidgeot. And I don't want to jump through circles to get it. Circles? Yeah. Switch. I don't want to jump through switches to get it. Next bit of news here is get BP at the Battle Tree global mission is now live. The fourth global mission for Pokemon Sun and Moon is now live. In this global mission, players have to earn battle points at the Battle Tree. Global mission runs until March 13th. If all players worldwide earn a total of 250,000 battle points at the battle tree, all participants will receive 2,000 festival coins. If the goal is not met, all participants will receive 200 festival coins. Additionally, if all players worldwide earn a total of 500,000 battle points, half a million, all participants will receive a heavy ball. Boy, they really sweeten the pot there. I'm I'm a little out of the loop on this, and I, you re- I, well, you millennials ready? Let me let me clue you in, Micah. You ready? Okay. They've What's already up? met. They've already met all the goals. I think they like exceeded it by four x. They're already like at a million battle points, if not more. Oh. So guess what? Just sign talk up. To, talk to that rep. <laughs> can okay? Can you not buy heavy balls in Sun and Moon? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm telling them, you, you can sign accessible. up, do nothing, and you've already won. No, no, I'm just, I was going to apply the whole, I hate that they're gating this, this content behind this. <laughs> I, I would argue more like, what, why a heavy ball? But <laughs> why, why is it not like five heavy What's balls? The, why is it not 10 heavy balls? Like, why is it just there? one single heavy ball? Uh, it's, is this, I, I'm out of the loop on this and I, fill me in if you know. How many of these have they actually completed? Because I remember early on, like nobody was they weren't getting completed at all this is the fourth one the first two failed okay so the the one before this they passed yes that was the that was the trading over the gts okay one before that was the qr codes and the one before that was was it trading catching i think it was Uh, catching like the first one was uh yeah catching wild pokemon yeah yeah and I think the problem with the first one is people just didn't know they had to talk to the lady first before they started the catching. Oh, well, I didn't know that, so. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Good stuff. There is a new trailer for the 20th Pokemon movie. Pocket Monsters, the movie I Choose You. The trailer shows two different logos for the movie and several scenes 
uh, being remade from episode one with addition of Ho-Oh dropping a rainbow wing down to Ash after which he says to Pikachu, someday let's go meet that Pokemon together. The official Japanese Pokemon YouTube channel has made the official Japanese Pokemon YouTube channel and the official movie website have since been updated with the trailer. A second teaser trailer and new artwork is now available. Uh, I, I don't know if you two watched this trailer. I watched it. It's pretty much all scenes from the very first episode of Pokemon just remade and widescreen and not 20 years old. I have not watched it yet, but I will. Uh, yeah, and the only thing new, like they said, was the, the Ho-Oh scene with it dropping a rainbow wing down to Ash. And yeah, I that first episode was, you know, what, 22 minutes? This movie is probably going to be 100 minutes or 70 or 80 minutes. I think most Pokemon movies are like 70 or 80 minutes. So I don't know. 90 minutes. They're not 90. So it's either 70, 80, or 100. It's a world of no 90s? Yeah, world of no 90s. Okay. I can't remember a Pokemon movie actually more than 80 minutes long. But uh, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I guess I'm, I'm everything they showed was from the first episode. So I'm I guess I'm just curious of where where that where they take that. I don't I don't think it's bad. I'm actually excited that they're redoing that. I'm just curious of what the whole what the other 40 to 50 minutes are supposed to be. You can now get Mewtwo's Mega Stones and Pokemon Sun and Moon evolving the legendary Pokemon into even more of a formidable force in battle. While Mewtwo won't be found in the wild of the Alola region, if you have caught the powerful Pokemon in past game, you can transfer Mewtwo to your Pokemon Sun and Moon game via Pokemon Bank. Simply follow these instructions to either to obtain either Mega Stone, Mewtwo X, or Mewtwo Y and evolve into such and such. So... Uh, this is a mystery gift event, so go to mystery gift, hit receive gift, select get with code slash password, then hit yes, and hit yes again to connect to the internet. The code is going to be M2-D-E-S-C-E-N-T, M2-Descent, and then you will receive the Mega Stones, speak to the delivery man at the Pokemon Center to pick up your stones, and be sure to save your game. No soft reset needing needed. I can't believe they're making it so hard for us to get these mega stones and putting up all these, these walls and things that we have to do. Delivery man walls. Yeah, but I don't have to participate in three battles to get this. I completely agree. <laughs> just do it this way all the time. That's that's please just mail them to my house. Yeah, just mail me a code in an envelope. Just mail me a rock, write mega stone on it. I'll be happy. <laughs> Good enough. Well, that's all our news. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we have an awesome interview with Brennan, and he'll give us his thoughts on Pokemon, and he enjoys the competitive battle scene, so there's some some interesting stuff there. And then when we come back from all that, we have our Pokemon of the Week, and we have some emails of yours to go through, so we will be right back. Leg tubes. Leg tube. Leg tubes. Tube. Leg tubes. Leg tube. Leg tubes. Tube warmers. Socks. 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 The phrase leg tube might be good, right? The phrase leg tube might be. Mm. Leg tubes. Leg tube. Leg tubes. Tube. 
leg tubes. Leg tubes. Leg tubes. Tube warmers. Well, then they're just leg tubes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and we are back from our break. We are here with Brennan. Uh, he is a WWE slash NXT superstar, but also a huge gamer and apparently a lover of Pokemon. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? What's what's going on? I am fantastic. Um, you, you know, just relaxing on my day off, to, uh, ready to talk about some Pokemons. <laughs> I can't imagine a better time. Yeah, I have a couple questions for you, and I have uh, one listener email that was specific to to you. So we'll go through all of that. But before we dive into things, just for just for our listeners, and maybe. Uh, some fans of you that that don't know the whole sto- story. Who are who are you? Um, well, my name's Brennan Williams. I'm currently a WWE NXT superstar in uh, the WWE developmental system. I used to play professional football for the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New England Patriots. And uh, I basically a football player. Well, how am I often described? I am a very big athlete with a the heart of a little nerd. So <laughs> that's where I get my popularity from. That's where my marketability lies. Sure. Pull pull your Wikipedia article up. You are only 26. I am only 26. I feel every bit of 40, but <laughs> <laughs> I am 26. Yes. So I ca- I actually came up during the uh the Pokemania Okay, yeah, prime age, 26, you have a football career, you're now with NXT, you're a gamer, how, you, you're, you're a dad of two kids. Double dad, yeah. How do you fit all that in, in life? How have you done so much at such a young age, I guess, is the question. <laughs> oh, I, I set this goal for myself that I just want to do, you know, every, every cool job that I ever wanted to do as a kid. So right now I'm uh, two for two. And uh, like three for three, dad's a job. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's all about compartmentalizing your time. You can't dedicate too much to one thing or the other thing, but just really focus on the thing you want to do when you, you've got time to do it. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the whole gaming has taken a bit of a backseat, but um, uh, handheld games are actually great for me because I can play them on the road and I can play them uh, without... My my kids aren't allowed to watch TV yet, so I can't, you know, play TV games while they're awake. But I can play, you know, a DS game when they're around and just act like I'm on my phone. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about just growing up. Uh, was gaming a big part of that? It was the biggest. Um, I always, from when I was a little kid, I guess the story, the story of my descent into just awfulness is... My dad played professional football before me, played for 11 years for the Patriots, the Jets, and the Seahawks. And back then, they would go to training camp, and they'd just kind of leave home, and they'd be gone for a couple months for the summer. And when he left, uh, I remember one summer vividly that he came back. He would always come back with a gift. And at the time, I was really big into, like, Godzilla movies and uh power rangers so he brought back a dragon ball z one of those i don't know if you remember those box sets that if you put them all together they make a picture yeah yeah, yeah he totally. brought back one of those and then it was all anime and video games and everything downhill for the rest of my life okay so that that's that's what sparked the interest 
that's what sparked it. Yeah. With somebody who had a father in professional football, was was he cool with the whole video game thing, or was it, hey, no, you need to go outside, you need to play sports, stopping in the house? Was was there any tension like that, or no? I mean, that's kind of the whole compartmentalizing thing. I kind of got it from that point because I, I mean, I've always played football since I actually went into withdrawal last year because it was the first year since I was eight that I didn't. So, um, there was all football was always around. And then whenever I had time between football and school, I could always play video games and do stuff like that. My dad is a big tech guy, not necessarily video games or anything like that, but he was all about getting the newest tech stuff. Yeah. I I always had pretty up-to-date video game consoles and stuff like that. Where does the love of Pokemon fit in? As soon as I saw the first commercial on, uh, it must have been like Cartoon Network in the late 90s for Red and Blue. I saw it and I was like, wow, that looks really cool. And I got on it and uh, save for maybe, I don't think I played it in college. So I think I missed Black and White. But um, I think I've played just about everything else from there. Wow. And I'm not I'm not one of these, you know, oh, yeah, I used to play first generation. <laughs> I play competitive stuff with my EVs and my IVs and my breeding and all that. So I'm, I'm the realest fake nerd ever. <laughs> Before we go really heavy on the Pokemon stuff, just getting these questions out of the way. How did you get into football? Was it because uh, the football career, I should say, was it because of your dad or was it just something that? you were passionate about growing up and then to follow up that question how did that football career transition into pro wrestling uh well when i was a kid i always wanted to do exactly what my dad did so um at some point my dad had retired and he's he's now and became a financial advisor so i always said when i was little i was like well i'm gonna be a pro football player and then i'm gonna retire and be a financial advisor so I kind of always just, it was, it came naturally and I was good at it. So football was just always football for me. And, but, uh, towards, I think I started watching wrestling when I was, um, maybe in middle school. So after, after, at some point I started noticing, I was like, oh, I'm big enough to be like one of these guys. I can, I could probably do this. Maybe because I'm not good with numbers. I'm pretty awful at math. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be a financial advisor. Maybe after I retire from football, after how many, however many years, I'll become a professional wrestler because that would be really cool. And then I never have to get a desk job. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I mean, the plan, the plan has literally always been to play football as long as possible and then move on to wrestling because football is kind of, football is very safe uh, in terms of a career path. And I knew people that were in it, so I was much more comfortable in that environment. But uh, when it became time to move on and do something else, wrestling was, you know, it was a leap of faith that ended up working out for me. And so while you're while you're doing all this, the video game things kind of obviously stuck and stayed. I saw I saw you did you did some YouTube stuff with the the channel, the third wheel, and you've done some other stuff. Uh, you have a Twitch channel. So. Is that something you're, uh, I don't want to like bring up Austin, uh, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, but he does so much, you, he does so much video game stuff, whether that's on Twitch or YouTube or mm -hmm. just up, up, down, down. But do you see yourself going down that same kind of path or is it just a, a passion you have that you don't feel to, you don't need to, you know, put out there as much as 
maybe oh, totally i've i've always wanted to that like i i, ha- I have a youtube channel that I, I got a bunch of subscribers and I just feel bad because I just never had the time to actually put stuff on it. And I have a Twitch channel, but I just never have time to sit down and, you know, stream for a certain amount of time like that. Um, actually, the whole up, up, down, down thing. And I'm actually friends with Austin from when I played football. So um, the, that whole thing is actually the perfect excuse to make because that's work. That's for the company. So yeah. I can make, you know, I can make my hobby work and we're in the process of doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, hopefully I'm going to be more and more involved in up, up, down, down, at least, uh, around the WWE performance center in Orlando, because it's almost like it's, uh, main roster guys don't have a home base and in NXT, we are all based in Orlando. So everybody comes through Orlando, even if they're, uh, main roster guys, if they just want to work out or they need to get a little extra training in or whatever. So it's actually a really, if we could set up something down here, it would be really cool if we could, you know, just use that as a hub for that channel. So I'm going to hopefully be involved in that uh, going forward. Backing up a little bit, let's let's talk about games specifically. Favorite Pokemon game and then following that favorite non-Pokemon game. Favorite Pokemon game? I'm definitely a Gen 3 baby. Really? I, yeah, I was always... <laughs> I don't know what it was about it. Because I know, like, I know all the complaints about it. But I don't know. I just really... Maybe, I think that Gen 3 might have been the first um, Pokemon game that I actually read and understood the story. Okay. It wasn't just, like, hitting X over and over and plowing through. Yeah. In Red and Blue, I was a dumb kid. And then actually silver and gold, that goes back to my dad being the tech guy. He actually got me those early, but those were in Japanese. So I didn't know what the story was in that because I couldn't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And then after that, uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, that was, I guess that would have been the, that now that I think about it, that was the first time that I actually read and understood the story to a Pokemon game. So I guess it has a little bit of a safe, uh, soft spot in my heart. So were you one of the were you one of the fanboys that freaked out when they remade it for Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire? Oh yeah, of course. Just cuz, <laughs> you know, it's the nostalgia factor. And I try not to get caught up too much in the nostalgia stuff, but totally. What about non-Pokémon game? That's such a broad question. There's so much yeah, out there. Non-Pokémon games just like, yeah, it's like asking your um I mean, you could do you could do a couple. I I think when we had Austin on, he went with uh, he went with Sonic and i think final fantasy oh and i feel bad because i can't remember but uh well i I love and always i'm talking about the persona games and shin megami tensei series um i love jrpgs i kind of just love the the isn't it a jrpg thing where you're just a kid and then by the end of the game you're fighting some concept of god or something like that yeah yeah save the world love that kind of thing yeah uh jade empire a Bioware game, kind of one of the lesser known ones, but it's actually one. It's actually my favorite. Original Xbox was that? Yes, original Xbox. It was a. It was still along the lines of a Bioware, like kind of good, good choice, bad choice, neutral choice kind of thing. Yeah, but it's based around like a kung fu movie almost. And oh, I always go back and play that. Um, those are big ones. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a million, but. Let me jump to this email here. Sorry, I'm jumping around all a bit. Just 
I'm sure it'll sound good in post. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Kevin. He uh, is a big fan of yours and big fan of It's Super Effective. And so... Well, thank you, Kevin. He was actually one of the one of the many people who were suggested. They were like, "Hey, you should get Brendan on." And so I reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, well, you're I know you're such a big fan of of both of us. What would you ask?" So he wrote in, and he said, "Dear SBJ and Brendan, I've been a fan of the Shogun ever since he popped up on the Friends cast quite a long time ago. <laughs> so I'm excited to see worlds collide after he shows up on my other beloved podcast. It's super effective. I cannot wait to hear the thoughts and the interview you two have." He goes on and says, Brennan, I salute you for what you have accomplished tackling the NFL, WWE, fatherhood, all while following Pokemon and other interests is amazing. And even we are so close in age, so it blows me away. Hats off to you. SBJ, props for you to putting in the work and making cool interviews like this happen. You, the effort you put into uh, It's Super Effective is unmatched, and I think it shows how awesome people like Brennan to take notice and join in. My question for the sake of the interview if you had a wrestling persona based off of Pokemon, who would you pick? Obviously, Halucha and Incineroar do not count as they are already wrestlers. Thanks for th taking the time to read my email. Hope to see you both if you're in Atlanta. Sincerely, Kevin. Well, thank you for all the nice things, Kevin. But uh, uh, that's actually that's actually an easier question than you'd think because you also, you didn't, you eliminated Halucha because that's an obvious one. You eliminated um, Incineroar because that's also an obvious one. But Embor is actually, if you look it up, Embor looks and is heavily based on a great wrestler from the uh, late 80s, early 90s, Bam Bam Bigelow. Really? Oh, now you're yes. going to make me like Embor, because I've always not been the biggest fan of Embor. That's actually what did it for me, and there's, it's it's actually crazy. I don't think, I don't see it a lot of, in a lot of places, but like there it's uncanny like he uh, uh, bam bam has like this uh, or he had he's passed unfortunately but he had this um like full body suit that had these flames and this um like big fire collar and stuff like that he he looked like an embor he really did so <laughs> that would be that would be my answer for that all right speaking of of wrestling pokemon how how did you feel when i mean gen 6 and gen 7 both both seem like yesterday, but how how do you feel when you see Pokemon like Halucha or Incineroar hanging out and and Oh, it's so it's so and Lucha Pikachu and yeah. you can I think you could honestly put together a, a set of six guys that are all wrestlers at this point. <laughs> uh, if you throw in like Hariyama, that's a sumo wrestler, and Machamp has the Machamp belt. That is, yeah, Machamp's obviously he's bodybuilder or a wrestler, but you know it's close enough um it's it's awesome um actually i remember because i actually got the opportunity to uh do a video for the pokemon company this past year for the 20th anniversary for their youtube channel you did i don't yes, think i, I saw this you it's very yeah this is a story you got let's hear it um well basically they hit me up uh, on twitter and they were like hey you want to do a video for um you know the 20th anniversary i'm like sure and they it was awesome they sent me uh, a bunch of like plush toys for my daughter i only had one daughter at the time but she's she's like well off in her pokemon journey right now she's got almost all of the pikachu clones <laughs> at this point <laughs> except for like the dene or something like that but yeah. um uh, anyways when i did that that was last year so i had just started wrestling or i was in my first couple of months of wrestling and when that went up uh i don't know if you remember the the uh, what were they the chinese leaks for gen 7 yeah yeah that, that ended up being true 
Yes. There, there was heavy debate on the internet that because they had Jordan Sparks do one, who's a singer, and then they had me do one that's a wrestler, if they had somebody who was an archer do a testimonial, then that would confirm that the Chinese were, oh, were true. Oh, okay. That's, that's really funny, actually. Yeah. So they reached out to you that you they did the Pokemon thing. Was that was that like a dream come true of like whole like the Pokemon company this this franchise that I've been following has recognized me and wa- wants to collaborate. Absolutely. It's like you, I've gotten to this point where you know I can actually reach out to and I'm nothing in as a wrestler or even as a football player, but I guess me being a huge loser has, you know, gotten me far enough that I can reach out to, you know, people like the super best friends that I've been a fan of for a long time or the Pokemon company even that and do stuff and work with them. So it it was kind of like eye opening. And, you know, I think I put up a tweet as soon as it happened. I was like, who would have thought that when that kid stole my Game Boy in third grade that I'd be on the Pokemon channel? (laughs) (laughs) For a little bit behind the curtain, I, um, when I when I heard so much about you and I followed you on Twitter, you followed me back instantly. And so I don't, I have to ask, like, was it because you saw that I hosted a Pokemon podcast? Was it because you knew that It's Super Effective was a thing? Like, where was the... Uh, I saw that you hosted It's Super Effective, and I actually do have a friend that, if not current, still does, but he definitely did follow the podcast. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. It's, it's always good to make these connections and I, I, we got it worked out pretty quickly i think right yeah yeah totally that was like the same with with austin i messaged him on twitter and he like messaged back instantly and then like two weeks later i'm flying out to atlanta and sitting in his house and i was nervous as all yeah see all that's can what be. that's what happens when you're big time like austin i'm just i'm sitting in my poverty studio in my car in my garage <laughs> <laughs> going back to pokemon have you are you caught up have you played sun and moon I have played, yeah, I played and beat Sun and Moon pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty early on. And I, I think I haven't been on terribly recently, but I did. I was on a lot when the uh, Pokemon Bank opened up because I had a lot of guys that I needed to transfer over. And how did you feel about that whole game? It's, it's obviously moving in a different direction, slightly different, no gyms. What, what, for somebody who's been with the franchise since generation one what are your what are your thoughts what are your, what are your likes you don't likes i i always think it's good especially you know pokemon's basically been the same thing forever so any kind of innovation or anything for to me is completely welcome i think they did some really cool stuff um i actually prefer the idea of z moves to um uh mega evolutions at least like in a competitive standpoint just because uh, I've al- I've always, at least competitively, I've always gone from like the mindset that you could use whoever the heck you want, <laughs> but you can't yeah. use Girafferig if you know it, there is there's never going to be a Girafferig Mega Evolution. You know, you know if you could put on you know a cool move that's a anybody can have it. I, I thought that really mixed stuff up and it made you know teams less predictable and stuff like that. So I I like the I like the direction that it's going and I hope they keep on in future games or in whatever maybe the third game for generation seven might be they keep on innovating because i think that that's that's really honestly how you compete you can't rest on your laurels for that long you know anything that stood out that in gen seven that you didn't really care for um not particularly i mean like there's a lot of like little things like okay they've completely done away with like hms and stuff like that but 
that's kind of needed to go for a while at this point. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of just like ease of life things that they've done. Well, I, I really like, uh, what was the super training in X and Y? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really helpful and it was easier for me to keep track of stuff for that. So maybe if I, I wish there was something more like that in gen seven, but aside from that, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty cool. With it. <laughs> what are, what are your thoughts on any of the spinoff games, whether that's Pokemon tournament, Pokemon snap, Pokemon pinball, is that something you dabble in? Yeah, I, I haven't, I, I should have played Pokemon tournament by now, but I actually still haven't played Pokemon tournament. Um, Pokemon Snap was one of my favorite games when I was a kid. I really loved in college, uh, I think it was called Pokemon Conquest, which was Pokemon basically cross Dynasty Warriors, mm-hmm. which I was like, what the, what the heck, when did they do this? And I thought that game was a lot of fun. So I, yeah, I, I'm just a Pokemon fan. So any kind of, you know, any other way I can consume it, I'm completely willing to. You mentioned competitive battling and, and whatnot, and that's that's a huge time sink but is that where your time goes is the battling or are you more of a a collector or you know breeder or how there's so many different avenues in pokemon that somebody can go down but where where what avenue do you seem to pick probably just competitive and breeding uh i think at least breeding to me is such a um it's like a mindless task almost it's almost like playing like snake on your phone or something like that yeah so, like, I can really do other things while I'm doing it, and I can always just be working towards something and feel like I'm accomplishing something. Uh, especially, uh, we we travel for shows on the weekends, and we usually have about three shows every weekend. And uh, these these shows, for us at least in NXT, are usually around the Florida, Orlando area. So nothing is further than three hours, but in those two- or three-hour car rides, I'm always... If I'm not driving, I'm always in the back setting up teams or just, you know, just messing around with stuff and doing things like that. Are there other other guys in the car or on the on the bus or however you travel playing Pokemon or or is it is it just is it just you? Not in my car specifically, but um Lindsay Dorado, who's one of the cruiserweights uh on Raw and uh two oh five live is also a big competitive Pokemon player that's been ducking me since he found out that I was. So, <laughs> so awesome. I guess I'll, I, I guess I'll take this opportunity to officially call him out, and you put him on display for everybody to see because I haven't seen him since the game came out. <laughs> All right, put him on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, we do have a handful of guys. Um, Sawyer Fulton um, is a is a player too. Ember Moon plays so. There's there's a good there's a good amount of people. I don't I don't think anybody's as good as me, but they do play. They own the game. I've been told that Sasha Banks and uh, Tyler Breeze are big Pokemon fans too. I didn't. I I actually haven't met either of them, but I believe it. They got moved up from NXT about a year yeah, they've, ago. Yeah, uh, they've been gone since I've been here. So is there is there a favorite Pokemon or multiple Pokemon that you that you love that you have a passion for? Any standing out to you? Pokemon. I love, and it's always for like weird reasons. I love Sableye. I love uh, Dodrio. Oh, Dodrio. What an interesting choice. Yeah, I know. It's a weird choice, right? Dodrio's like, Dodrio I really like because I found out he was like, he could be really good. Yeah, yeah. I always, I, I, I'm, I'm always, when I'm just trying to come up with guys that I want to use, I'm like, oh, well, who's nobody really using? I was like, oh, Dodrio's got pretty good, 
stats and pretty good moves. I could actually use him. <laughs> okay, if I had to pick one, I don't even know if I could. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I like those guys. <laughs> All right, all right. I'd have to look in my box and see what really jumped out at me. But yeah, I'm I'm always under the the mindset that my favorite Pokemon changes like per day per. Oh, like, absolutely. Mood. Yeah, I'll be really feeling one guy one day, and then the other day it's something else for some. And it's always arbitrary reasons too. It's like I I spoke at at C2E2 last year, and I'm going to be speaking at C2E2 coming up the Chicago comic. An entertainment expo, but one yep. of my fondest memories was this little girl. She must have been four or five years old, and and she came up to me after the panel, and she watched the whole thing, and and she seemed really like shy and excited. And her dad was with her and was like, "Oh, like my daughter has a question for you." And I was like, oh, "Okay," and fully like ex- like you. Know, there's so many generic Pokemon questions that are, that I've been asked over the years, like you know, favorite Pokemon, right? That's that's kind of the yeah the that's the that's, the base first one basically yeah and and she was so cute and she it took her a while to say it but she eventually was like what what pokemon do you hate and i just thought that was so oh. adorable and super funny of like <laughs> there's 700 pokemon and you want me like the question you want to ask me is what pokemon i Which hate one the most. do i hate <laughs> and I think I said Baskelin, but I want to pass that question to you is there a is there a single pokemon that like you you just you just don't uh, feel for i mean like the easy answer is like the whole you know oh vanillux is an ice cream cone but it's not like we didn't have stupid pokemon like from the start <laughs> yeah like like voltorb just being a ball yeah voltorb's just a ball um you know, i never really had a problem with those maybe i don't like um and it's i think it's actually going to change now but just because i saw kangaskhan's in every team for the past four years now <laughs> i don't think i think yeah i think i hate kangaskhan okay all right that's fair personally i would prefer a more kangaroo looking pokemon than kangaskhan like a straight up kangaroo yeah. yeah and and when i think of that i always think of the the zelda game i think it's like oracle of ages or something with the kangaroo with the boxing gloves and i was like why don't yep, we have that uh, in pokemon same with um uh roger from tekken kangaroo with boxing gloves yeah I don't know why that just seems to work. They they can they can have boxing gloves and uh, what's the uh, crab crab brawler has boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah. All right, so change the topic real quick. What are your goals slash plans for 2017? Anything specific standing out there? Huh, goals slash plans for 2017. I guess you know I'm always just striving. Uh, since I've started this whole wrestling journey, right? It's I've I've been so used to football that it's it's been it it was easy to me at the end kind of almost uh you it didn't take a whole lot of thought you didn't have to train a whole lot to get you know significantly better so i think this year i just want to keep on working and basically just keeping my head down and i want to math you know i'm not going to do it in a year but i'm going to work towards mastering this new craft that i'm in awesome what uh we covered so much. Where can our listeners find you? Where where can they follow you? Where can they see you? Obviously, they can see you down in NXT, but on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, yeah, like, you where, can where find are you me at? On the WWE Network someday for nine ninety nine a month. So subscribe <laughs> to that. But otherwise, the best way to keep up with me is on my Twitter at uh, Great Black Otaku. If you search Great Black Otaku, you could probably find me on anything else. I'm I've gotten the branding thing down pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, I don't necessarily keep up with it. Yeah, it's Great Black Otaku on Instagram, Great Black Otaku on Facebook. It's it's all over the place. So if you search anywhere else, it's probably that. But Twitter is where I do most of, especially if I, you know, get to talk to cool guys like you. Uh, this is where you'll find out that I do that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and being on. And uh, what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our Pokemon of the week. Thanks for having me. And we are back from our break. Let's tackle some emails here. If you have any emails for us, you can send in your message to SBJ. S is in Steve, B is in Black, J is in Junior at PKMNcast.com. Or you can go over to PokemonPodcast.com, hit that contact button. That'll, that'll, Send the email to the same place. Uh, both ways, viable. And yeah, feel free to send in your emails about Pokemon or non-Pokemon stuff. We'll answer every and en- everything and anything. Noah writes in, says, Hi, just writing in to say... I'm just writing in today to say that SBJ is my favorite. That's it, really. I love Will and Travis as well. I don't think I would have had the podcast to listen to for the past few years without SBJ. So he takes the cake. Hope you all like cake. Also, thanks for keeping the house nice and clean, Noah. Clean that house. Hey, where hey, is Noah. this Noah from? Doesn't hey, say. Noah, where do I rank on your list? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty low, I would imagine. <laughs> so this Noah didn't identify a location? No, the location is required on PokemonPodcast.com. We're not required, but... But asked for. And so if they when just, are you going to set right. up snail mail, written mail submissions? Hey, people can send letters. I've got plenty of letters I want to send you. People can send. I, I have a, a P.O. box on on the Patreon page. The P.O. box is there. I don't. I think it's uh-huh. on Pokemon Podcast. There's, there's a P.O. box for Pokemon Podcast. If you, so people can send you rocks that they wrote Megastone on? Yeah, they can send me Megastone rocks. Yep. Slap a USPS sticker on it. Call it a day. Stuff. Uh, this is from Michelle from Rhode Island. Uh, my assumption is the only Michelle in Rhode Island. That would be my guess. Yeah, it's a very small state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably With a huge coastline. About Rhode Island is probably thirty cats big. Would be my my thirty estimate. cats big. Wait, is that I've with the inclusion that. or excluding Block Island? Because Block Island is part of Rhode Island. What do you think Block Island is, like another 10 cats? Uh, no, no, no. It's about a cat and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, people from Rhode Island really hate when you say that they live on Long Island rather than in Long Island. What are you even talking about? That's... Rhode Island and Long Island are such different places. Where Where are we right now? Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. On Rhode Island. R-O-A-D. On Rhode Island. Rhode Island isn't Versus an island. In Rhode Island. Not Correct. with that attitude. I mean, Which is why they hate there. it when you say they live on Rhode Island. 
<laughs> yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> so Michelle on Rhode Island writes in. Uh, hi, Steve, Travis, and Will. Thanks. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the show. Thank you for the time you put in to make it fun for everyone. Since finishing Sun and completing the Alola Pokedex, congratulations, by the way, I've decided that I want to get involved with the VGCs. I'm not totally new to competitive battling, but the last time I played online was Gen 4 when I was actively on the Cerebee forums. We used Smogon rules for single battles, It was only, and it was a great time, but I fell off for it for a few years when I went away to college. Gen 7 has made competitive battling more accessible than ever, so I'm totally ready to get back in again, but I have some reservations. There are a few things that are different about the VGC format than I'm used to. The biggest change is the lack of tier system that Smogon uses, and the other big changes for me is double battles. I'm confident I can learn double battles, so I guess I'm most uncomfortable with the whole free-for-all that the VGC seems to be with no ladders and a short ban list. I'm looking at the top winning teams for national competitions in London, and I was disappointed to see almost all to see that most of those teams were almost all, all the same. Nearly all had a Tapu, one or two Ultra Beasts, and either a Salamancer or a Garchomp. I got news for you. It's been like that for several years. <laughs> I'll admit that I've been looking with looking at this with a base bias. When I when I battled online with Smogon rules, I focused on the extreme diversity of the UU and NU tiers. I have the most fun when I battle with my favorite Pokemon, and a tier system that means there's a little time and place for all of them to have a fair shot in battle. I think that m- makes things more fun because the sad reality is that some Pokemon are better in battle. Some Pokemon are better than others with math being the limitation. There are hundreds of Pokemon and the vast majority of them will never, rarely be seen unless there's a place carved out for them. These top VGC teams was a reminder of that. Uh, If I want to make a balanced team of my favorite Alola Pokemon, it likely won't stand a chance against a team of Tapus, Ultra Beasts, and powerful Dragons, even with a solid theoretical strategy it probably wouldn't be competitive i could just jump on the bandwagon to make a team like the rest but that wouldn't just be that just wouldn't be fun for me personally personally the tapus and ultra beasts are cool pokemon they're just not my style i'd like to know what will and travis travis's thoughts are do you ever struggle with choosing pokemon you like versus pokemon you know uh will perform its role better should I just roll in with my wish cash and lose and with my head held high? Or I'm looking at this all wrong. I know you're not, you don't play competitive SBJ, but that's okay because you are my favorite on the show. Aw. Thanks again for the great podcast and sorry for the long email. I hope it makes for an interesting conversation, Michelle. Well, I, I can give a relatively simple response to that because, it, and I will say that when I started in competitive, I was very much about the. I want to use my favorite Pokemon. I want to use a wish cache named Tickles that has Fisher and make people angry because when Fisher hits, <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. That that one hit knockout. But I have changed a little bit and it's it's kind of like changing the framework of the way that you think about VGC. Um, so yes, Smogon tiers are set so that uh, they can sort of be more balanced, right? And that gives you more diversity in the Pokemon that you can choose. And that's 
what the Smogon system is intended to be and what it achieves. I would argue at this point in time that VGC has become more like chess, wherein each person playing chess doesn't bring different pieces that have different abilities to the chessboard. Each side has the same pieces and the same, all the pieces do the same things. It's then how they use those pieces strategically to win or lose. And there's still a tremendous amount of strategy. I mean, obviously, people are playing chess for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it's all about the strategy and the options that you, that you take when you're playing chess that then becomes the game, and it's not about the actual individual pieces. You know, Nobody cares more for the queen than they do for the bishop or the king. It's just the queen does a particular action, the bishop does a particular action, and the pawns do their particular actions. It's how you put them into play. And I think that's what VGC has become, where everybody has a clear understanding of these are the top Pokemon that you can use. It's how you use them, the timing of your moves, your ability to predict what your opponent is going to do, the selection of moves that can be placed on those Pokemon. I mean, obviously, there is a little bit of variety because there are a few different options that can be switched in and out, but ultimately, you're going to be selecting from those that top tier of Pokemon, and then it becomes about the strategy and how you play, how you select, how you swap things in and out, which two you pair up, how you predict who your opponent is going to put out first. So it's just, it's a different kind of game. So trying to think of them the same way, uh, it's you're not going to be able to be successful. They don't really compare. It's like comparing um, like risk to chess. You know, they're two different games, both fun in their own way, but still two completely different games. So if you start thinking about VGC more like chess and about strategy and learning strategies and how to do prediction and all that kind of stuff, you may grow to appreciate it more than you currently do. And I think that's all I have on that. (laughs) Michael, what do you think? Just do your best and maintain integrity. Or if you can't do that, then just cheese it. (laughs) and uh, don't listen to the haters. I would say that... Much less eloquent than Will's. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the whole seeing that everyone uses the same teams has been a pretty big issue, I I think personally, in the last couple years of the video game. And I would actually say, from what I've seen and what I've heard, this format is the most diverse it has been. Uh, which isn't saying much as as you are still seeing very similar teams. To piggyback off what Will said, I will. there's nothing wrong with picking the Pokemon you like and what you want to use. I think it's more important to understand why those six Pokemon being used are being used. Why is Tapu Lele or Tapu Bulu, why are they being used and how are they being used and what can you do to counter that? And I think that's that's just as important to... I think that's more important than your own team is just understanding how these high-level teams are, are functioning through that. My advice would be pick whatever Tapu Lele or Tapu Bulu or whatever one you want that people are using. Pick a UB that other people are using. Pick a couple, pick a Salamence or a Gudra 
and then kind of experiment off of that and see if you can get any synergy because then you have the advantage of okay i'm you i'm using the same chess pieces that they are uh going off will's analogy but now i'm also bringing in a couple of my other personal pieces that number wise might not be as good but they're pokemon i enjoy using and you at least have one advantage with with pokemon that aren't commonly seen and that advantage is people don't know what to do against that i think that's why pachirisu did so well uh in the 2015 video game championships maybe 2014 i'm sorry if i got that wrong but i think it was 15 because i was there the 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 advantage that pachirisu had and why it made it why it won is because when people saw pachirisu they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know if they should have att- they should attack it first, if they should ignore it. Uh, they didn't know what moves it had. They didn't know they couldn't remember its ability, and that's why it did so well. Is no one knew what to do with it. Uh, I had success with that with Maractus when I played the video game back uh, when Black and White. People saw Maractus. They didn't know whether to attack it first, whether to ignore it, whether to focus on it. They didn't know if it could survive a certain hit they couldn't remember what Maractus' ability was and my advantage was if they ignored it that would have been the best for me because it was uh, a defensive setup pokemon so i the fact that they did ignore it did put me at at an advantage that's just something to think about i'm not saying that's like the the best route to go but i don't i mean i i like that that's happening or that has happened because i think Especially in an internet age with competitive anything, it's really hard to do something that upends the meta because everybody has access to the the same information and what works the best and how to how to make that work. And I think situations like that where people are just throwing things into the mix that people don't know how to react to because it's not a part of the meta that's i don't know it's that's hilarious to me and also an amazing strategy in a doubles battle you're only using four of the six so i think that you should pick a team and and try to stick with that team and then make minor adjustments as you go but i don't think there's anything wrong with using the the pokemon that other people are using while while it's not video game related in the in the tcg there was always these are the top four most popular decks they're pretty much virtually the same. I think any TCG, that's always how it's been. Yeah. Once people had easy access to the internet again, it's... Yep. And the thing about TCG, which will apply to the video game, is you can look at the card list, you can look at the Pokemon list and the Pokemon moves, and there's a difference between somebody just handing you a deck and saying, okay, this is the best deck in the format, and there's a difference of understanding actually how that deck works. Right. With... Darkrai Sableye, which was one of the more popular decks in the format when I was playing, it was very important when to play your crushing hammers and your in is it enhanced hammers? I can't remember. Crushing hammers was the the important card. Like crushing hammer, what it did is you roll a dice. If you roll if you roll a dice, if it's evens or flip a coin, if it's heads, you get to discard an energy from a Pokemon, uh, from your opponent's Pokemon, which is a very powerful card. And the reason you would do that in Darkrai Sableye is to prevent them from attacking. Now, what when you get the deck, 
and you get the cards, they don't tell you when to use Crushing Hammer. And that's the difference between an average player and a really exceptional player is because the exceptional player will use Crushing Hammer on Pokemon at a specific time or a Pokemon that's a threat. That's all I'm saying is I think your first thing as somebody who's new to the VGCs not playing since Diamond and Pearl is understand why those four moves are there, understand why that ability is there, understand when you see those two Pokemon together. Because most of the time in a doubles battle, Pokemon come out in pairs. Like you all like in the black and white days, they always started with a Tornadus and like Terrakion. So understanding what two what two Pokemon are opening or what two Pokemon are closing or or the pairings is is what I'm getting at. Competitive. <laughs> it's something. But but no, when I did competitive TCG, my favorite thing was was building unique decks. And I think the satisfaction I got wasn't necessarily winning. It was somebody commenting on the creativity of my deck. Yeah, having fun with that. But, you know, just to to carry on the TCG part, right? You have those top decks, but think about a player like Jason Klazinski. It's with him, it's it's not about the cards in the deck. It's the fact that he knows like every other build that he's going to see in a competition. And he's able to memorize every card he see that sees that comes out uh, like in play. He knows how many of what card you have and if you've used them up or not. He probably knows more about your deck when you're playing <laughs> against him yeah. than you do, right? Yeah. So There's that's, a lot of that's that about in... the skill. It's not about the cards that are in the deck. There's a lot of that in Magic the Gathering, too. A lot of like card counting. And I mean, it, people just sat around and in downtime would just constantly play like the top eight net decks and look at all the combinations and how to react with whatever it was that you were using and it's i mean that's part of strategy and it's also part of living in uh an age where everybody has access to pretty much the same information you just gotta get that competitive strategic edge over i guess everybody else because they all have the same info that you have or you have to assume that they have the same info that you have competitive is is weird it's a uh, it's something but yeah have fun with it i mean that that's that's hopefully why you're doing it right like i didn't i stopped playing the tcg when i stopped having fun and really the the thing that stopped being fun was the travel and the time commitment and how poorly the events were organized like that's really what did it for me not so much the game itself uh, there was changes in the game that I didn't really care for, but it was really everything else around that, and it just wasn't worth my time anymore to the the ratio of fun I was actually having. So that's that's where I come from for that. So as long as you're going in with the VGC, like I said, uh, don't be afraid to pick some of those you know Pokemon you might not like just to help form a base or a starting point. And yeah, don't be afraid to use Pokemon that you do like. Pachirisu did extremely well. And that Pokemon is not good number-wise. Uh, it was just how it was used around the other combinations that existed. Martin writes in, says, Dear Pokemon Podcast folks, you know what really grinds my gears? Everything from fan art to official merchandise. The, uh, it's like an emoji, the like, like straight face, the like smiley face. It's not a smile, it's just like a line. Okay. It's all straight lines. Yeah, yeah, that represents the disguised ditto. 
and it winds me up every time. I don't know why. That one episode in series one where the where Ditto couldn't do faces until the end of the episode when it figures out and no other Ditto has ever had this problem in 20 years. Now, I know that it's a cool nod to the occasional plush of Ditto and it's been difficult to give that nudge to the sh- give a nudge to show that it's a Ditto otherwise. I get it, but grr, rant over. Has this ever bothered you guys or just me? Keep up the good work no matter how far I am behind in other podcasts. This one always jumps straight to my top priorities martin from england doesn't matter where in england it's smaller than all of your states well it's not, not smaller than rhode island, not rhode I, island. Gonna... <laughs> I would say that england is probably Sorry, like 60 cats and rhode island is closer to 30 oh no no england's like 120 cats you are forgetting uh, wait are you just saying england or are you including like scotland wales and northern ireland i would probably say just like england england Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, okay. England's probably about 60 cats, and then you have to, the rest of the United Kingdom would increase the number of cats by about 30. Yeah. Geography. It's a good geography discussion. Uh, as for the ditto face, I get what he's talking about. I don't know. I, I, I'm all I think in. it's cute. I, like I think it's cute, and it makes me want to buy more plushes, which oh, I can't believe I use the word plush. I never use that word, but I want to buy them all. I want to get those cute little ditto That's- faces. I'm I'm on the same page. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Marketing wise, you want you want a face to be instantly distinct uh like instantly like, oh, I know that's a ditto. I think it's also hilarious to see a Pokemon and then that face is on it and you don't <laughs> expect it. Also, it's such a simple face, right? It's not it's not like it has a specific eye type or a specific mouth. It's it's Two it's dots like and a two line. Two dots it's, and a line. It's so simple. <laughs> so since that face is iconic like that, it's very easy to plop on a Bulbasaur, to plop on a Chikorita, to plop on a you know Torchic. Actually, I don't know how it would work on a Torchic. I guess it just wouldn't have a beak. Yeah, it's a good question. That's good. That 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 is the question that needs to be answered. <laughs> I. I Marketing wise, I think that's why why it exists. But I don't know. I guess I don't have a problem with it. I'm trying to think of what does yeah, grind like my gears, and nothing is standing out right now. But I'll probably I can complain about something. Just give me give me some time. <laughs> well, okay. So if we if we want to complain about Pokemon stuffed animals, I what I would wish that they would stop doing is making stuffed animals of the larger, more complex Pokemon. Like, honestly, there is no way to make a good stuffed Kyurem. So just don't do it. Right. Don't I don't make that. a stuffed Zekrom. It's just gonna look dumb. It always looks like garbage. I don't I don't need nobody really needs a stuffed Reshiram. And it doesn't yes. look good. Or a stuffed Xerneas that's kinda like just falls over because the legs aren't st- mm, no. Only and keep it, it to the G- like- Chibi Pokemon. Not having actually held it, just looking at it on the site, it's not enticing to buy. I got, speaking of plushes, I got the Mimic You plush. I'm very jealous. It's, oh, and you were over. I didn't show it to you. It's, uh, it, it's really nice. It, it stands, which a lot of plushes have an issue with, like, standing straight up. And it, it's not fur. I don't know what to call it. Like, the plushiness of it is. Is it real soft? It's, it's, it's soft like the Gumi blanket. Oh, and I you did say that that was extra soft, extra soft. And so like, I like the Pokedoll plushes a lot. I like the plushes that look like 
their plushes and not the realistic plushes like you guys were talking about, like the Kirim plush. They try to make that look realistic and it looks like garbage. But I like the the Pokey plushes a lot. I don't know. They feel like a, a normal stuffed animal, but the Mimikyu just feels like the material they used for the Gumi blanket. And I don't know, probably some kind of cotton slash polyester, but I'm like looking up. I have four plushes above my head right now on the shelf. I have a Jirachi uh, from Poke Center, uh, Mudkip from Toys R Us. So I think it's like a Tommy one. The Beanbag Pikachu from Poke Center, and the Pikachu Poke Doll from Pokemon Center. And none of them feel as soft. They all feel those all, all four of those feel similar. I guess the Mudkip feels a little cheaper, but the 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 Mimikyu is on a different level of softness. A spooky level of softness. Spooky softness. I'm getting very jealous listening to you talk about this. Spooky softness. I might so just have Micah, to buy it. It's um, also pretty big uh, compared to other plushes I got for, and it, I think it was- How many cats? It's probably about a half cat big. That's pretty big. Yeah. That is decent size. Micah, when you go over to Steve's house, and Steve, you can feel free to take your headphones off for a minute, you don't go through his stuff? Um. Should I? Should I, I is this something I should start doing now? Always do. 100% of the time. Always like go that, through his stuff, huh? That dude goes to bed. I'm like in everything. <laughs> All right. Well, now, now I know what I need to step up to. Yeah. Yep. You're going to find some real nice stuff here, I guess. Uh, well, you would have found a Mimikyu. Because it looks like Mimikyu is no longer on the Pokemon Center. So oh, snap. I'm. And I'm going to lose my mind if that's Did the case. They s- breaking news. <laughs> Do they sell out? I don't. It's not even listed. Did you go to Alolan Pokemon? There's like an, there's a section for Alolan only merch. Oh, maybe that's what it is. It's under collections, I think. Okay. Uh, as you look that up, I'll read Christine's email. All right. Christine from Concord, California. Just found your show and I love it. I've been doing a lot of Pokemon breeding in Sun and Moon, and I found your podcast to listen to while I do the breeding stuff. I don't know why I added on breeding stuff. I just felt like that was a better way to end the sentence. I noticed your discussion on Sylveon and offer the position that it was not designed to look girly. Forgive me for not citing a name, but I just started listening, and I can't discern whose voice is whose yet. I have to disagree with you. Yes, it's pink, but beyond that, the ri- there are ribbons, as you acknowledge, and bows. I think the point is well taken that this does not identify it as a female, but it is what we in the LGBTQ community would consider high femme. Is that F-E-M-M-E? Is that how you yeah. say it? Yeah. That's okay. Um, also, I, I, I say, say LGBTQ really slow, because... You got to make sure you hit all of them. Yeah, otherwise got, I just like all slur the them all together or I forget a letter. It's it's because you're Steve. It's okay. Yeah, I have enough trouble talking as it is. Hold on, let me finish this and then we, we'll go back to this. It bears cultural signifiers marked associated with one's gender, and I think that's awesome. Pokemon, since sexes were introduced, have had kind of a subversive gender sensibility to it. To me, that's a huge part of the appeal. I love that my male Primarina with sparkling lashed eyes and feminine mannerisms can face off against a stone-cold butch female Machoke. 
Whereas in children's popular media, you can find such a broad range of gender expressions regardless of sex. Personally, I think it's great. And I'm sure that there are some children out there that love it too. Anywho, I'm not sure where you were coming from with your response. Just thought I'd add in my two cents. Thanks for Steen. So I I think I was the one who said something about how uh, Sylveon doesn't have to be necessarily feminine because it's pink and bows and everything. And I would just argue um, also as a member of the LGBTQ community, (laughs) (laughs) right? You got every letter. As a homosexual dude, um, I would say that even as homosexuals, we don't necessarily look into gender concepts in the same way as people who are more directly impacted by concepts of gender. Um, And in actuality, concepts of feminine versus masculine are actually becoming more and more outdated. Um, That just because culturally something was assigned to be masculine or feminine doesn't make it so, right? It's not eternally so etched in the fabric of the universe that pink bows are feminine and, I don't know, hard hats and shovels are <laughs> masculine, right? That we need to break free from these concepts in order to better ourselves and better our understanding of, of all humans who uh, may feel like a little of both is perfectly fine for the way that they identify for their own gender expression, and it's also very dangerous to identify things as, say, femme and butch, because we also have a tendency to assign bad to things that are feminine um, when neither concept that it's not good or bad or it's actually particularly feminine, which would be associated to women, it matters, right? It's it's just the way that something looks. And I think one of the things I said, which might have kind of gotten cut down a little bit, was the fact that pink was originally a boy's color, right? And it was it was because pink was actually associated with blood, and therefore it was considered to be more of a masculine color. And then over time, it became associated with little girls and became more feminine. So ultimately, these concepts are purely human creation. They're not tied to anything eternal in the universe, and it doesn't make any sense to keep ourselves tied down to outdated concepts when we can just say, you know, something is something and there's actually nothing humorous about a boy wearing pink bows because it's just a person wearing pink bows because they enjoy it and that's all that matters. Yeah, well said. I Very well said. I've also said this before, but I like when I catch certain pokemon i want them to be a certain gender and i don't think that that's because it comes from oh rhyhorns are only male because they look male i don't think it comes from that i think it comes from the same concept of like picking a pet all three cats in my house are male and if i was to ever get another cat it would always it would continue to be a male cat i just always want boy cats and i think that just comes from me coming home and being like where are my boys and then all three come running up Oh, good lord, it's because you're a sexist pig. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Got, <laughs> got me. And so I think that's okay for people to go, like, I want a Fennekin, but I want it male. I don't think that that means, like, Fennekin must be male. It's just people have a preference. Like, my dad, he's he 
he's always had dogs, but all his dogs have always been female. Like, he's never wanted the male dog. I don't know if there's a name for that or anything, or if that's just, like, a want or a, or a personal preference, but that's just how I feel. Shamanism is the... Exactly. Word. That's the name right there. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of a joke, but not really a joke. I would argue that in the, in, in the context of a video game that relies on breeding and requiring specific genders for breeding... It's a little bit different than like, I don't know, a perception, like a global perception issue. I think it's less, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've never really considered Pokemon to be like a shining example of inclusivity as far as gender goes, <laughs> because it's just, here you go. This is this is a Pokemon. It's this one's male. This one's female. Make them mate. They're, they're working they made on an it. egg. Yeah. S- slow, slow steps. Slow steps. Right. So I I mean I think I think from what you're saying as far as how you play Pokemon or what you look for in Pokemon or what you require out of it it's that's more from a a gaming standpoint than it is from a like a an actual gender perception. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't saying standpoint. Yeah, I was just bringing up the because like I've said it's because I've said like, that before and I didn't explain it like that so I didn't want anyone to be confused of like why do you only want male Pikachu? Well, it's the same reason I only want male cats. I don't know. <laughs> like, when you picked your cat out, did, when you went to get your cat, were you like, did you talk with your wife of, like, I want a male cat or I want a female cat? Oh, she didn't know. Oh, okay. it, was a, it was a Christmas gift. But you still I had got, to pick male or female. Or, yes. Well, or orange I mean, or brown yeah. or black or... So, my friend Carlos and I, we went to the Humane Society... And we looked at the cats, and I said, this one is the prettiest, because he absolutely was. And the nameplate said Dean Martin was his, like, Humane Society-given name. And Carlos and I looked at each other and said, that's the cat. That's it. That's it. And so that, that was it. And, <laughs> and now he's, he's a huge jerk. Perfect. I love him, but he's a huge jerk. <laughs> there was no real, like... I don't know. I I don't really have any uh, pre- like preference when I'm picking animals, at pets. I think that there are some. For some people, there are things that they look for specifically for. I don't really. I don't really know enough about it because I don't really look at. I don't consider this when I'm looking at pets, but like how certain like male or female cats or dogs will interact with environments or uh depending on your home situation what that could potentially mean for i don't know <laughs> i don't know enough about it I, I it was not a a factor though when i when i was looking at my pets my cat or my dog well i mean going back to christine's email i don't know who said it looked girly unless i brought up that other people thought it looked girly because uh, the... it was the letter writer oh okay the whole the whole point of the letter was that um the letter writer thought it was funny that they had a male Sylveon oh, okay. because it was yeah, I mean, pink and pretty. Primarina, well, I know like there was there was voices out there that Primarina looks extremely feminine and that's that's fine. Like I would say that Embor looks ex- Embor looks extremely male and that's fine. I, I I guess that stuff has never bothered me. Yeah, it's never bothered me either. So the only thing I would say 
is as kind of my last word on this is 99% of the time when you apply a label to something, that's usually a bad idea. With masculine and feminine being labels. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, there's no argument there. But no, people people like Pokemon for certain reasons, and Sylveon's really cool, though. No one's disagreeing there. I love Sylveon. Love Sylveon myself. If I could rename my cat, I would maybe rename him Sylveon. <laughs> this email is from Anthony from Long Island, New York. On Long Island or in Long Island? Oh, you live on the island, man. You live on it? But in road, you live in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to say thank you, SBJ, for starting this podcast. It has become one of my favorite podcasts and one of the few I can listen to every episode two or three times before, three or two or three times, and pick up something I missed during my first listen. So I have a question that I've been meaning to write in and ask for weeks, but I haven't had the time. First question is for Will. What brand of protein or other supplements do you use before, during, and after at the gym? I heard you mentioned a couple episodes back that places like GNC sell a lot of products that are basically junk, and I want to use the best products, and could you explain when to take each product? I'm not trying to bulk up or lose weight, just trying to turn my fat into muscle and be healthier. Second question, who is the guy that recorded the podcast about a bay leaf? What happened to them? Uh, all three of you are my favorite, plus I really like Irene and Micah, and they should be on the show more often. Well, I got news for you. There you go, Micah. You got a shout out finally. My favorite Pokemon at the moment is Electriv. He has been a heavy hitter in Omega Ruby and Moon. Would love to hear a good move set for the would love to hear a good move set and partner Pokemon for Electriv from Travis. Uh PS, I'm one of the fans that love the really long episodes. Thank you again for the podcast and all your hard work, SBJ. I have left a review in iTunes to show my appreciation. Well, thanks, Anthony. Uh, Travis isn't here, so I'll put that electrive on. I'll give that a rain check. Uh, we'll come. What what Pokemon is that? I I can't figure it out. Oh, Electrovire. Electrovire. Yeah, sorry. Electrovire. Electivire. Electi electionvire. Wait a minute, okay. hold on. Is it Electivire and not Electrivire? Electri Electivire. There's no Are R you serious? after unless unless it's spelled wrong in this email. There's no That's R after the, the I've never Elekid. Right? Starts out as Elekid, Electabuzz, yeah. Electivire. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, uh, that's, po Pokemon names I are hard. It was Electrovire. <laughs> Pokemon names are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Pokemon names would be so hard? Uh, Will. Yes, sir. Give me some GNC stuff. Uh, well, we don't have to go with the name brand store because Vitamin Shop also sells a large variety of products. Um, I'm real interested but, in this, by the way. Okay. I mean, been, you've been lifting? Been, yeah, clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. <laughs> no, I mean I've been doing a lot of cardio, and I will while I'm at the gym. I'll also do weight training stuff because what what else would I do? I'm not just gonna do cardio while I'm there. I'm not paying forty bucks a month for to run cardio. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I wish my gym membership was forty bucks a month. Oh boy, what is yours? Oh, it's over a hundred. Oh my um, god! <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you go I spend four hundred over four hundred for something? training. The White House no. gym. 
<laughs> the the gym I can literally see my gym from where I am sitting right now in my house. It's around the corner from my house. Thank God I got I, this I can see membership it. to the light to the White House gym. Yeah, and I also live around the corner from the White House. (laughs) (laughs) This is the big city, boys. Things are expensive. I don't think I don't think DC is that big. Uh, It's bigger than where you live. Well, I don't think it's it's bigger than Milwaukee. Mm. No, definitely not in the physical size either. I I'm pretty sure Milwaukee is like 28th biggest city in the United States. It's just a very expensive place to live. Can we leave it at that? Yeah. I agree with that. When I visited, it was very expensive. All right. Let's hear it. You visited it. and you didn't call me, but whatever. I didn't know you at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's hear these powders. Okay. All right. Let's break it down. Let's make it easy for you. Um, there are really three things that you should look at if you are going into a fitness nutrition store of whatever variety. Um, two proteins and then one other option, and then anything else you can pretty much consider to be bunk unless you really have it on a reliable source from somebody you've seen who's like ripped, big gains, huge muscle dude, right? Number one, you want to get that whey protein. My preference is to get whey protein isolate, so definitely look for that on the label, Just not just regular whey protein. You want whey protein isolate, um, it tends to digest a little easier. So if you have any kind of milk problem, um, you might have less of it if you're only doing the isolate. You take a whey protein before and after working out because whey protein digests quickly. So you have it before you work out. So when you're lifting, your muscles will have that available uh, to use while you're working out and then right after you're working out so that your muscles can use that as part of their recovery process. The other type of protein you want to invest in is, and everybody always says I pronounce this wrong, it's uh, casein or casein, C-A-S-E-I-N. That is a fun protein that when you shake it up, it kind of foams and it's a little bit gelatinous. Oh, yikes. No, no, no. It's it's still drinkable. It's it's like it it, just, it tends to be more like bubbles than than you would expect from okay. from a powder type thing. Um, it does not turn into a jelly. No, but okay. it's but it's important to understand that because uh, casein protein is slow digesting. So if you do a scoop of casein protein, it's probably going to take about eight hours for that to digest through your system. So what you typically do is you take casein at bedtime and when you wake up in the morning, and then you've got 16 hours covered of protein in your system that your body can use for recovery and repair, uh, like just throughout that time. So you take it before you go to bed. You wake up uh-huh. straight to the gym. No, 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 no. You take so casein before you go to bed. Okay. No, no, it has nothing right, to learning. do with the gym. All right. Casein, you just like you have a nice big glass of that, like I would say half an hour before you're planning on going to bed. And then, of course, because rest is a very important part of muscle recovery, you're going to get eight hours of sleep every night, right? Okay. So that casein is digesting during those eight hours of sleep. You wake up in the morning. And then you have another scoop of casein. So typically what I do is I mix the casein with milk and then I pour my coffee into it. So it's like chocolate coffee kind of protein deal. I've, I've never um, considered that, but that sounds good. 
Yeah, and then that gives you eight hours through the day while you're at your office job, and then when you leave work, you go and have a whey protein, do your workout, have another whey protein, clanging, and then you have your dinner, clanging and right? banging. I um, usually, I've never, I've never done casein powder, and I've never tried or casein. I've never tried it, and I'm, I'm not sure that I would necessarily. Oh, I think I it's been transformative for me. I think really? I would actually choose casein over whey protein. Absolutely. We, do. we have a big big jug of UMP that we both dip into, and we use that. Yeah. I don't know post. what that is. It's just whey protein. It's like on Amazon. I have not noticed anything transformative at all, so I, yeah. I'm assuming it's not. Well, first, you got to get me out there, and I will like whip your ass. Mm. Self into shape. I will whip yourself into shape. Good, good. So the third thing, I said there were three things in this store that you want to look at, is if you have a little bit of difficulty, especially at the end of the workday going into the gym, you want to look at a pre-workout, which tends to be uh, a high caffeine and then a few other things in to kind of warm you up and get you moving. Um, so you would take a pre-workout about half an hour before you plan on working out and it just kind of energizes you to actually go and do your workout. And I mean, it depends on how much caffeine actually functions on you. If you're a heavy coffee drinker, a pre-workout's not going to do that much for you in the long run, but I don't do pre-workout. I don't have any problems getting motivated to go to the gym. So, but the other, the key thing, oh, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) The key thing about your protein intake uh, is if you have not been doing protein powder, step up to it gradually because if you go from like a daily intake of let's say 80 grams of protein every day and boost that up to 180 grams of protein a day, you are going to have stomach distress for about a week and a half. While your body learns that, oh, I have to digest more protein every day. I definitely, when I first started at the beginning of this year going to the gym, uh, I took on the suggestion from my wife and my dad, who we were all, all three of us were going to the gym together, um, that I should take some whey protein. And I did, and I felt terrible because I, I, yeah. think I just took way too much. It was, it was, like probably one of the most uncomfortable stomach yep awkwardness that i've felt in a long time and it always so hits you when you're walking the dog <laughs> <laughs> um and which you should target you don't just like gulp down protein like it doesn't matter how much protein what you should do is really and i mean it's just this is equally as important right the three pillars of getting your body into shape Number one, actually doing exercise. Number two, getting actual rest. Number three, nutrition. So take the time and figure out what weight you want to get to and then do, my preference is one gram of protein per pound of body weight that you want to get to. Some people say, like, if you're trying to, if you're trying to get up to a higher weight, do a gram and a half of protein for the weight you want to get to. And if you want to get to a lower weight, then maybe a little less than one gram of protein per the weight. But I think a good target for people to hit one gram of protein per the weight that you want to get to. So if you want to weigh 185 pounds, if you think that that's the right ideal body mass index for your height, 
then you want to get 185 grams of protein every day. And that's a mix of both the powders and everything and like the chicken that you eat, the tuna that you eat. Look at your labels, see how much protein is in those. You have to add it all together to make sure that you're not overdoing it or underdoing it. I just eat 12 steaks and then I go to the gym and I just rip sick weights (laughs) all night. And I go home and I eat eat 15 eggs. And I Captain then I show back and the, it back there. Yeah, and I go back I, to the gym and I clang and bang for another tw- twenty to thirty hours. Clang and yep. bang. I, I I can make this relevant <laughs> for him because I eat a lot of apples, and I always think of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer like ate the apple bars. Oh yeah, and he got like super ripped. Because <laughs> I eat like three apples every day. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, good to know. Uh, one more email here is from AJ from Utah, writes in, says, Dear Pokemon Podcast, big fan of the show. I love listening to you guys go off on tangents, clanging and banging. Uh, please. <laughs> I am curious if Mythical Season 3 is going to be a thing. Thanks for all the laughs. AJ makes something or however SBJ pronounces it is fine. P.S. Tor- Styles. Port. Tor- I almost said Portilla. Torterra is awesome. Uh, thank you, AJ. Uh, season three of Mythical will be a thing, but we are not talking about dates or anything right now. Getting a lot of Mythical emails recently. I think people are getting the, the itch. It's a secret to everyone. The itch. So, I, so I, I don't want to say something wrong, but I noticed that there are starting to be, like, knockoff <laughs> knockoffs out there. Uh-oh. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I noticed. It's Haters? fine. <laughs> no, they're just other... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> D&D Pokemon podcasts that are now popping up. Look at this. Pioneering. I mean, I don't think Mythical was a pioneer show. I think they've existed. Come on, man. Let me just... <laughs> let me just have let me this. Just... <laughs> let, let Graxgar have his moment. Let me just give you a compliment for once. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to our Pokemon of the Week. And we'll wrap up the show. Will, you want to read the moveset or? Uh, I will read the moveset and you have to explain what it does. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. <laughs> All right. So the Pokemon of the week this week is a Lowland Sand Slash, which I believe is an ice type if, if my memory serves properly, which I don't know why they didn't change ice the name to steel. Ice Slash. Ice Steel. Well, there you go. So this is Alolan Sandslash with a life orb. And if you recall, the life orb is the one that takes a little bit of your life every turn. But in exchange, it increases the amount of uh, attack uh, for your attacking moves. Um, the ability is Slush Rush, which is really hard for me to say. Um, and Slush Rush uh, doubles speed in Hail conditions so i guess you have to be in hail travis actually wrote in to uh to <laughs> give us oh wait oh i'm sorry this is this is contributed by um gabe brown from the from the slack community who is known as cool gabe and has my favorite uh username in the entire slack community of cool gabe um so the move set is oh uh, nature adamant nature 
Do your EVs, 32 HP, 252 attack, 224 in speed. Uh, and then your moves are Icicle Crash, Iron Head, Rock Slide, and Protect. And they say, like a fine wine, it pairs well with Alolan Ninetales, uh, because Alolan Ninetales will have the Snow Warning ability that causes hail, so then Slush Rush will kick in and it will double the speed. And it appears that this build is intended to be a sweeper. So that basically means after you've kind of lowered your opponents down a little bit, it comes in and cleans up. If I understand that's how things work. Should it be called the, the, cleaner. the cleaner. The cleaner. <sighs> the house cleaner. Can the house yes. cleaner. Name your sand slash the house cleaner. Uh, Travis says that slush rush doubles the speed and hail and Alolan Ninetales ability snow warning causes immediate hail. So that is the reason for the pairing, which is what Will said. Uh, life as long as the nine tails is the slower, right? Because if you're, it's your nine tails versus my gigalith, and my gigalith is slower. You're getting a uh, sandstorm, dude. Yeah. Uh, and Gabe also mentioned earthquake isn't great for doubles because of things like Tapu Bulu. So that is why uh, earthquake is not on this move set. Which I think somebody asked a follow up in Slack of why there was no earthquake. Uh, so some trivia, no other Pokemon has the same type combination as Alolan Sandslash and its pre-evolution it is the only ice steel Pokemon. Uh, in the Pokemon red and blue beta, Sandslash's original name was Sandstorm. Sandslash and its pre-evolution share their category with Rattat, Raticade, Pikachu, and Raichu. They're all known as the mouse Pokemon, though Rattat and Raticade have been called the rat Pokemon before. Which I think we had this whole conversation when we did Alolan Raichu. Yep. So yeah, there you go. It's shiny is... And I don't know what the Alolan shiny is, but regular Sandslash, uh, while it's tan with brown spikes, shiny Sandslash is uh, more grayish brown with blood red spikes. That would be my description. Blood red. It's real rich. Dark red. Blood red. Dark red, 50% male, 50% female. It can also get Snow Cloak as another ability. Yeah, so there you go. Some uh, some Alolan Sand Slash. So there you go. You can hopefully use that for future teams. Uh, let's do some house cleaning real quick. This is our last episode before we go to PAX. Uh, can I just real quick before you, you, go, you go there? Can I? Yeah. Can I just break the news and share my heartbreak that Mimikyu is no longer in the plush store on PokemonCenter.com? <sighs> wow. Oh, yeah. I, I double-checked that, too. It ain't there. That's I'm rough. I'm sad right now. I'm super sad right now. So you're saying Dude, I should sell it, mine on eBay at a huge profit? Uh, uh, they are for sale on eBay right now for $12.99. Oh. oh, nice. <laughs> but are they legit? Are you uh, sure? Yeah, that's a good say. question. Are Are you sure they're not like some Chinese knockoff with it just like the there were stock definitely, Pokemon Center image? There were definitely knockoff Mimikyu plushes being sold before the official Pokemon Center. Yeah. One. Uh, I'm okay. so sad. House cleaning. This is our last episode before PAX East. If you are going to PAX or you are in the Boston area, we will be speaking on Thursday the 9th. I'm oh, sorry. We arrive on Thursday the 9th. We'll be speaking on friday the 10th at 2 30 eastern time in the i can't remember the theater name 
Bobcat. The Bobcat Theater. And we will have 400 seats available from what I've been told. If you cannot attend PAX, we will be doing a Pokemon podcast meetup dinner outside of PAX. Uh, if you're interested in that, please tweet at me, at Pokemon Podcast or at Dragging a Lake. We can uh, organize something. Our friend Nick, who has done all the, the the fancy music you hear throughout the episodes, he lives in Boston. He's kind of been the one organizing this. So we just probably need a head count, and it will probably not be near the convention center just for ease of getting an actual table. Uh, also, so- it's the hunkiest me. Other house cleaning is we have a subreddit. If you want to check that out, reddit.com slash r slash super effective. Also, Irene and I have streamed quite a couple times this past week. If you missed any of those streams, uh, they will be on YouTube. Uh, I think one of them is already up on YouTube, but the other ones will be on YouTube probably by the time you hear this episode. So our YouTube is just YouTube slash PKMN cast. So check that stuff out. Hopefully more video content coming to you guys. Uh, because some of you have wanted more content and so just some longer form videos that you can have out in the background or something. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. Please leave us a review in iTunes if you haven't done so already. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. Oh yeah, that was my big thing, the Patreon. Uh, so, uh, last fall we did, uh, something where if you signed up for uh Patreon, even if it was just a dollar a month. Uh, you would get a you would get a free sticker and button pack sent your way. We're doing the same thing for March. So any new Patreon member that signs up in the month of March uh, will be able to fill out a form of just your name, your your address, uh, and your shirt size. And uh, I'll just send you a free Pokemon podcast welcome package. Not everyone will get shirts. I just have a couple shirts left over that, you know, I'm just trying to move out the door. But you will for sure get a bunch of stickers and some other Pokemon podcast stuff. Totally free. All you have to do is sign up for the Patreon uh, at any level, even if it's just a dollar. Uh, so sign up for the month of, month of March. If you previously signed up, if you just signed up in February or even in January, pretty much that promotion is going to be open to you as well. If you've already got the free sticker promotion back when we did it for the fall, uh, you're not going to qualify for that. But if you did miss out for that, uh, definitely giving you another opportunity. I just want to get some some Pokemon swag in your guys' hands. What will happen is if you sign up for Patreon, you'll get the Slack invite email. Uh, and then as soon as March is over, I will send a survey out to all the pa- the Patreon backers via both Slack and Patreon, just in case you don't use Slack. All you do is you fill out your name, your email, uh, your name and your address, and I'll send you some free Pokemon podcast swag. Just another reason to join the Patreon. I know you guys hear about it every week, but figured to give you a little incentive to get it done this month if you haven't done so already. And if you can't sign up for the Patreon, honestly, it's not that big of a deal. We appreciate everyone's support who does that, but just listening to the show is, is support enough. So appreciate it if you made it this far in the episode listening to me ramble. Uh, but thank you, Micah. Thank you, Will, for being on. Hey, thank you. We will we will have a live episode from PAX that'll go up next week, so probably not the, the, the normal format. Might not sound as good, just a heads up. But uh, you can follow Micah on Twitter, at MicahTheBrave. You can follow Will on Twitter, at WashInTheSink. You can follow me on Twitter, at DraggingALake. You can also follow Pokemon Podcast on Twitter, at PokemonPodcast, of course. Best way to stay up to date with the show. 
Uh, otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super switchers. Oh, okay. Clanging and banging. <laughs> Clanging. I just got a uh, a message uh, over the internet. Um, please to keep your canines uh, in good condition in 2017. All right. Banging and banging. This one neat trick has dentists furious. <laughs> just wanted to give a big shout out to Wally. You can check him out uh, over at drunkontacos.com. And if you want to be part of the shout-outs at the end of the episode, you can jump over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and sign up for the producer tier. But again, a shout-out to Wally. You can check out his stuff over at drunkontacos.com. Thank you, everyone, for your patronage and supporting It's Super Effective. <laughs>